You're listening to True HR, the podcast that offers up authentic conversations on all aspects of human resources for both individuals and organizations. With over 25 years of HR experience, your host, Shannon Clark Johnston, interviews established and emerging thought leaders about HR issues and trends. So sit back and get ready for conversations that are real, authentic, and true HR. Workplace wellness. It's a common term, but what does it really mean? Is it being given the opportunity to work remotely? Or is it having a ping pong table in the break room? Or maybe it can be found in the free coffee your employer provides every day. What exactly do employees want when it comes to workplace wellness? And how about employers? For as much as companies talk about wellness, what does success actually look like when it comes to meeting employee wellness needs? And what can leaders do to cultivate workplace wellness on a regular basis? On this episode, join me and my guest, workplace wellness trainer and coach, Katina Smith, as we discuss wellness from the employer and employee perspective and find out what works when it comes to wellness in today's ever-changing workplace landscape. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the True HR Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and that is workplace wellness in a new age. And I am so excited for you to hear from our guest on this topic, Katina Smith. Katina is a workplace wellness trainer, board certified holistic health practitioner, certified functional nutritional counselor, and certified mental wellness coach. She has over 20 years of experience evaluating the effectiveness and efficiency of programs and operations, and over 10 years of experience in the health and wellness industry. She is the founder of Happiness in You, a health and wellness company that helps clients feel confident and live happy and healthy lives. Welcome, Katina. Thank you, Shannon. I love that wonderful introduction. I'm so glad to be here today. So yeah, it sounds like you don't me. have too much too much going on, Katina. You've got a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot, but it's good. It's for yeah. a good cause, so... It's great. And it's all in the area of wellness, which, like I said, is very near and dear to my heart. And I'm really excited to talk to you about this because really both from a personal and professional uh, standpoint, you know, having led HR functions in several companies, several organizations, I was really an early adapter of workplace wellness as a strategic advantage, really, you know, looking at it, not just something fun to do. Right. Um, Right. And it's not just the right move, in my opinion, but a very smart business move in terms of cost efficiency and uh, just being sort of a, a market leader. And then on a personal level, I really feel like firsthand, you know, adopting personal wellness habits, self-care um, is really critical to leading a, you know, really a happy and, and healthy and complete life. So, right, um, right. so I really, I really love this topic. So, um, so, so listen, I, I thought the first thing maybe we should do just because wellness is such a subjective term is define when we are talking about workplace wellness, you know, I would think maybe it means different things to different people. So let's have a common definition. How do you define workplace wellness? Um, Well, that is very true. Um, People look at workplace wellness differently, but I look at it as like this big umbrella that's open and underneath it, several different areas and components fall under that. So that could be policies and procedures that are in place, um, systems, processes, activities. So 
Um, it's just going to vary though from I feel company to company, but it's looking at the whole picture and those things that are in place for employee well-being in the workplace. So that's kind of how I define it. Um, some people consider health um, a component of it. So that's why some companies have health insurance, um, dental vision and those sorts of things. So um, it's just a big umbrella of those things or that, that are going to be very beneficial to the employee and their well-being in the workplace. So I know that um, I know you have a book coming out, which we'll we'll talk about, too. But I think in in that book, when we first chatted, you talked about something called the pillars of workplace wellness. Right. How would you define those pillars for you in your work? Right. Well, I don't want to give everything away, so I'll share three (laughs) with you. (laughs) But I think some of the most important ones, number one is relationship, because I have found in the workplace just over the years from my personal experience, talking to others, people don't have relationships when, with their leaders in the organization and their managers. The focus has become on the bottom line and getting the work done. So building those relationships, I think, is a major part of wellness. To me, that's number one. Um, safety is important as well. Um, creating that safe workplace where employees can come to where they feel like they have a voice, where they feel included in the workplace. Um, and then mindset, because mindset, think of it this way. We all are different. We come from different backgrounds. So we're going to have a different view of life um, situation. So how we think about things can influence the culture. So it's important that we have an open mind, but also awareness of who we are and how we see things and how we perceive things and realize that there's another world out there. We might see things this way, but learning to be open to understand others, I think is key. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because as, as we said, you know, I think People come at well. They they show up in the workplace with their own mindsets, their own experiences. They're right. right. They bring it all there, and right. so include wellness in my mind as as well. Like you know, I might have a certain thought about it, or the degree to which I think an employer should actually participate in my wellness might be different right. than what you think, and so forth. But but a couple of things that you said um, when you talked about safety, I think you were going there. Um, I think you're talking about physical and psychological safety. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Not just the physical, because there's different, you know, you have OSHA out there, there's certain requirements there. um, But also just having that um, support for employees. So emotionally, um, mentally, that they're okay in the workplace. So they have, again, that safe place to go to where they know they have that support, I think is important. Yeah. I love I love the concept of psychological safety because I I I think it's probably a term that was coined at least you know in corporate uh, we started using it I don't know five years ago or so and I and I think right. it so speaks to that part of the workplace that sort of people talk about workplace toxicity right right I work in a toxic workplace what does that mean I think it means the absence of or minimal psychological safety which is such a huge part of wellness. You know, right. That I think people forget a lot. Right. Did, you, did you find that when you talk to people, employers, employees about wellness, that they tended to focus on the physical aspects of wellness more so? And, and how do you see that evolving if that was the case? Yeah, I think the focus is more on the physical. People aren't really concerned or really looking at 
are employees feeling safe in the workplace? Are they feeling supported? And I share a little bit about this in my book, my own personal struggle that I had where my workplace became a place where I no longer felt like it was safe um, mm. because of things that had happened over time. And from talking to colleagues and um, working with other people, they were having some of the same experiences. So, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, the, and the other thing that you mentioned in the pillars that you that you shared when you talk about mindset. I, I think what you were saying and you tell me if I if I'm off was it's really about having a learning mindset when you come in and, and being open to the right. fact your mindset might not be the same as everyone else's when you're talking about wellness. Is that right? right. Yes. Having a growth mindset. Yeah. That, you know, this is how things are, but can we make changes? Can things be a little different? Can I get to know you a little more? This is what I'm thinking. You know, sometimes we have these preconceived notions about people and situations without really starting that conversation where we communicate and just ask those questions, you know? So I think more of that is needed in the workplace because I worked on teams and worked with different people, different personalities and, you know, people coming to me with issues, they would, you know, share with me, well, this happened and that happened. And well, did you have a conversation with the person to really find out what's going on? So Right. Keeping the lines of communication open. Yeah. And I I think a lot of that, um, not a lot, maybe a portion of it comes from differences that I've observed in terms of generations in the workplace, because we have a lot of different generations in the workplace. Right. And and those generations that were not, um, you know, wellness was not a part of the deal, if you will. And they sort of, uh, I think don't really understand or 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 want to be a part of this kind of solution at times because it's like well kind of get over it sort of right that's right. just not that's not what i had and so you don't need it and then you've got this other end of the spectrum these sort of new generation coming into the workplace that really wants not only you know the employer to participate in their wellness but also right. even in their social causes and all exactly right 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 and that's really true of gen z you know gen z um they're a little different in terms of how they view the workplace um and millennials as well so understanding the different generations and actually now this is the time where we have four generations in the workplace so um it's very interesting yeah and how we're interacting well, and when you think about that, just that alone from an employer standpoint, it's overwhelming in terms of, well, what solutions do I put in place here when I've got this gamut of opinions and desires, right? right? So so tell me what in your research and, and speaking with people, what do you recommend or what have you seen work what, that leaders can do to actually cultivate this in the workplace that is I mean, not to understate it, but a bit complicated when it comes to people's desires and needs. Right. I this is something I learned early in my career when I worked in customer service is just ask, (laughs) you know, ask what the needs are of people, um, how they're seeing things. And you can do that through surveys, really getting to understand where they're coming from Mm -hmm. um, and then somewhere there has to be like a middle ground because you're not going to be able to do everything, but what is it that you can do that's feasible um, to create that space um, where people 
feel like they have a um, safe place to come to, but it's a wellness program that's going to benefit the needs of all employees. Right. Right. And and I, I think that from my experience, having, again, led these functions um, of the, the group that's really implementing the solutions, it's sort of like you have to have an array of potential solutions. Right. Because whether it's generational or some other difference, people will always come at any issue with different opinions. Right. right. So, right. so it's about building uh, a program, a wellness program, it sounds like that is varied and right. suits your population, but is based right. on also employee input. Exactly. Yes. It will vary from organization to organization. I don't think it's a one size fits all approach. Yeah. Well, and so speaking of that, you know, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, because I think we can all come up with a lot of mistakes or um, programs we've seen that haven't gone well. Uh, from my standpoint, I think some of that stems from a misunderstanding about what wellness actually is. You know, mm-hmm. there, there have been employers who think, well, we have to get on-site dry cleaning or we need a ping pong table in the brain, right. right? And this will equate or, or, you know, uh, okay, go work from home one day a week and then that, right. Day, right. So, so tell me a little bit about maybe some examples or stories or what you've heard or even experienced yourself mistakes when, when employers are trying to address this and it sort of hasn't landed. Right. And going back to what I was saying earlier, not asking the questions and really understanding employees needs, what do they really want in the workplace, I think is key. But, um, when it comes to um, implementing programs, going back to the leadership piece, I think is key. Not having good, healthy working relationships. And if the environment is toxic, none of that matters. Um, and to give you an example, you know, I've been in environments with um, flexible work schedules, four day work weeks, um, you know, different perks for gym memberships, working from home, those sorts of things. And that's great. But if the environment is not such where employees feel included, where they feel supported by leadership, um, it, none of that really matters because people were leaving left and right, you know, even with all the different perks that were there. So and unless you have the, that culture, that good culture, none of the other things really matter. It's so interesting because I, you know, I've had a few episodes of this uh, podcast now and, and it sort of feels like regardless of the topic, it always comes back to relationships and communication. I mean, yes. we could be talking about recruitment, <laughs> we could be talking about performance management. And if the, those relationships aren't there, right, right, and, and the communication is poor, it, right. it almost doesn't matter what you do to your point. Right. Right. You have an amazing program, but if nobody's talking about it or utilizing it, it's sort of like, well, is it that amazing? Right, right, right. So, so is it the kind of thing, Katina, that when a workplace is struggling, an employer is struggling with, how do I address this problem? That it's kind of about going back to the basics and almost doing power skills or soft skills training. Right. around communication first? I mean, is that what you would recommend in a, in a, or is it is it that in addition to examining programs? Like how, when when an employer would come to you and say, this just isn't working, where do you start? Is it is it with the those relationships? 
Well, it depends on what the employer says they want. Like if you want more productive and engaged employees, the key is figuring out why aren't employees productive and engaged or they're calling in sick or you have quiet quitters, um, you know, what's happening. So asking the question, doing the employee surveys um, to understand how the employee is perceiving the workplace, because I've seen where there's such a big disconnect between how leaders look at the workplace and how they're supporting their employees and what's actually happening. The employee sees it totally different. So So getting clear on those things first, I think, is a starting point. And then from there, implementing the right type of training, whether it is, you know, having better communication, how, you know, the soft skills, as you mentioned, how to talk to employees. And even I um, see there's a need to teach um, leaders how to check in with their employees on a regular basis just to make sure that they are okay. you know, Mm -hmm. asking those questions about where do they see themselves, but not just to ask it, but taking the steps to develop them. Because a lot of times we train employees, but we don't develop them. And they're two different things. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. Um, well, let, let me ask you though something, because because there's such a disconnect sometimes, I do think you know there's sort of employer programs where you know maybe it's a mistake or to your point, they didn't ask the right questions and whatever, whatever it is. But I think there's also some um, responsibility on the side of the employee, because sometimes I see expectations that I'm not so sure are appropriate for the workplace, or at least um, should be solved in the workplace. So, uh, but if you take a very basic example, let's say you have employees who really do think a ping pong table is the key. You know, mm-hmm. to, their, to their mental wellness, but that's really not um, that's really not the problem. As mm-hmm. the, the employer, how do you deal with those those uh, suggestions or those thoughts or mindsets that think the employer should be responsible for you know my complete and total wellness when when maybe that's not necessarily the case? How do right. you? deal with that disconnected. In other words, if you get a survey back and everybody wants a ping pong table, but you as an employer know, like, that's just not really gonna, that's not, <laughs> right. Like that, that might be nice, but that's not really right. going to get at. How do you address right. that as an employer? Well, I would just express to the employee, you know, what, when I find a lot of times employees don't understand the mission, vision, and values within the organization. You ask them that, that question and they can't answer it. So really helping them see how they tie into the mission, the vision, the values within the organization, and then stressing to them, you know, our focus is to do X, Y, Z. There are certain things that we can do and we need to focus on these first um, so that you know, looking out for the whole interest of the entire organization. So I think expressing that and explaining that to the employee, um, having a ping pong table is not going to, like you said, um, solve the problem, but maybe you can do more team building um, exercises or activities offsite um, to, you know, consider what those other employees want or they feel like are important. So it's not necessarily you have to have that ping pong table there in the, you know, the organization or company, but maybe you can do certain things to meet those needs of the other employees. 
Yeah. And I mean, it, it's it's sort of like, I, I think what you're saying is it comes back again, the communication, right? And setting the right expectations. Like, what is the point right. of me asking you these questions? What am I trying to accomplish? Right, so right. You can kind of frame it. Because I, I mean, I think that happens in any kind of training. Having, having been a corporate trainer years ago, sometimes what the employee thinks the issue is, is not necessarily correct and vice versa, right? Right, so It's right. about aligning on on the goals of that. So right. uh, that makes sense. Um, connectedly, and hopefully something we're moving past, but I think really changed the workplace was COVID, right? So, mm-hmm. so I mean, I think some of these answers might be obvious, but I think some not so much. How, in your opinion, did COVID impact it's like corporate America's thinking around wellness and if, or, or didn't it, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on how that maybe changed the landscape? Um, well, I talk a little bit about this in my book, but, <laughs> but one of the things for sure um, with COVID, it really taught everyone a lesson. Really, it helped people to stop for a moment and just evaluate their lives. Mm-hmm. One from the employee side, um, you know, I'm always in traffic, you know, four hours a day to, you know, getting um, to work and then I have to pick up the kids. So we're on that on the go, constantly on the go. And then employers, it's, you know, we have services and products, you know, we have to still meet the needs of the customer. How are we going to do that? And depending on the industry, you know, unfortunately, some people had to just shut down. But, you know, some of us, you know, we were on Zoom um, and other platforms, um, you know, to get the work done. So it really made us think about the way we're doing business. Do we need to continue to do it that way? Um, Yes, we have to stay in business and meet the needs of the customers. But how do we do this? You know, what's the solution to it? So I think it made us really stop and think about what what approach do we take that's going to work um, for our company? So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, one I agree a hundred percent. I made everybody sort of reevaluate, right? And a lot of people left corporate America, right? right. Um, and and you know, I guess to varying degrees of success, but but you know, yeah, made sort of like was an awakening, like kind of made people start right. differently. Um, I, I think for me, one of the questions I still have as I see the workplace evolve, because I think it is still evolving from COVID. You right. Know, it, you saw just tons of jobs remote. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's becoming less and less, more more hybrid. I think it's becoming the norm for those jobs that can be done right. uh, remotely. But for me, I'm still trying to figure out if if remote or hybrid workforce presents more or less challenges in terms of supporting employee wellness, because, you know, you've got on one hand, you're further away physically from these right. employees, right? And you're missing right. some of the, well, I hate it, I hate the term, but water cooler talk, right? You're, you're missing right. <laughs> those cues. On the other hand, to your point, now, now there's this offer of, of a potentially more balanced or integrated life, work life. Right. Right. So what, what are you seeing? Because to me, sometimes I think it's harder. Uh, because you just don't know what everybody's situation is. There's not that level playing field, if you will, right? right. Uh, as as being in the office. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, um, I personally worked from home for probably 19 years of my career. So um, I know what it's like to work remotely um, even before um, the um, the pandemic Mm -hmm. happened. But um, I think it's harder when you're just remote versus hybrid, because at least with a hybrid workplace, you have the opportunity to go into the office Mm -hmm. and make connections, you know, with your employees. But when you're totally remote and you're working with people, in maybe a different country um, across the globe and so forth. Sometimes unless your managers or leaders are right there and you're constantly communicating and having those discussions and those types of um, team buildings and so forth to build those relationships, um, it just really becomes hard to have a workplace wellness program in place. So it's, I think it's a matter of being creative. Well, I know we can't have gym memberships, um, but what can we do from the relationship side? Um, But what other offers can we have for employees where they can do things outside of work? So I think you have to really think about how to be a little more creative and figure out what will work, um, considering whether you're fully remote or in a hybrid um, workplace. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think that what I observed during the sort of heat of COVID was that if you had good relationships with certain people, those stayed strong. And if anything like borderline or not good, those typically worsened because you could avoid somebody, you didn't have to see them and all of of that. So, So then those relationships do uh, become more strained or more challenging. And right. So point at the beginning of the episode, you know, it, this is all about relationships. So right. Right. I think that's, I, I agree with you. And I, and I think that's the challenge is, you know, how do you, I think you have to be more proactive, right. Make sure you're connecting. Um, right. and I don't know that I have seen any, anybody really mastering it yet. Like right. I, I think that's, that's the part that's evolving to me, you know? Right. Yes, I would agree with that. And I talk to people that are totally remote and sometimes they've never like seen their colleagues because they're on Zoom and they may not have their camera on, which is interesting. You know, if I'm in a meeting, (laughs) you know, I would want to see you. So we still have some work, I believe, in that area to figure out, you know, how can we better um, build those relationships and have better communication um, when we are um, working remotely. Yeah. And and I, along those same lines, what I've noticed in some of the companies I've consulted with or uh, worked at previously where there were still work from home arrangements pre-COVID, that there are parts of the company that can't be remote too. And then you start to some divides there, right? And their employee experience is completely different because- They're in manufacturing or or what have you, right? Right. So, gosh, that's just another layer to me of complexity, just in general, but right especially around wellness. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, that goes to asking the employee. Well, since we are in, you know, we, we're coming together and we have to be here. What would you like to see? You know, and then. Yeah evaluating is that something that is feasible can we really implement something like that yeah. so you really just have to ask those questions right and i th- and again i think to your point it, it it's probably a little more of an effort because you probably right. have some segments 
within your population that you have to cater to. So I'm, I'm thinking right now about some of the wellness programs I've done over the years. And I'm, I'm thinking about how many wouldn't really work anymore. Um, right. You know, like we did a, um, it was a farm stand delivery that we mm-hmm. would allow employees to sign up for. And okay. once a week they would drop off this really fresh produce box and you would get it. And so if you're working totally remotely or right. you're not in those days, like that just, that program's not going to resonate with you. Right, right. Right. So maybe we need more programs. So it's, it just is, it's sort of a little bit more challenging for the employer right. now. Right. It is. It takes yeah. more work to really figure out what's going to work. So that's why we need wellness trainers and coaches like yourself to uh, help right. us <laughs> navigate this. Um, so, so another related question, um, I have my own thoughts on this, but I would love to hear your opinion. Do you think that attaining and, and maintaining wellness during work or in, in the workplace impacts men and women equally? Uh, how, do you have, have you talked to people? Have you seen any differences there? I haven't seen any differences as far as, you know, people wanting to care for their body. Most people want to. And I was actually reading a study recently about um, how they looked at men and women in the workplace in terms of their view of wellness in the workplace. And mostly like when it comes to things like exercise and nutrition and stress, we view it the same. The only difference was pretty much that women tend to have more of a challenge when it comes to the physical activity part. And the part of that could be, you know, our responsibilities are different, our our workloads, um, because a lot of, um, you know, women might have other um, responsibilities at home and so forth. So they don't um, participate in physical activity as much and so forth. So it could be different reasons why, but um, I think it, there is some slight differences. Yeah. Yeah. And well, my take on it is I think just like the workplace is still evolving. So, so are our home lives. And whereas, you know, most are dual income households these days. Right. So, right. And then we've got school, which schools typically operate on a different schedule than the workplace. So you've got that. Right. So uh, and I think there is probably a disproportionate number of women who are still in the primary caretaker role. Right. Regardless of, of progress that's been made. And, and then I'm not right. generalizing, but I, I do think that statistically that's the case. So um, that's right. interesting. Find that um, physically there's a little bit of a, of a gap there for women, but but not surprising. Probably. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so as we come, come to a close, I have one really last, well, maybe second to last question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have examples of companies or not to name the specific companies or programs that you, that you've come across in your research for your, for your book and in your own experience that, that are, are excelling or, or maybe they're just, they have one really great program or you've seen something that's a success because I, I know, um, you know, we could probably talk all day about the mistakes that we've mm-hmm. seen um, in our, in our experiences, but what, what about some successes that you can share? Um, well, when I was doing my research, one of the things I've um, saw the larger companies tend to have more offerings uh, <laughs> for employees because I, I'm assuming because of the funding um, or budget that they have, 
Um, but there's different programs out there where some have healthy kitchens um, um, for employees. So they have small plate servings, those sorts of things that tend to be pretty popular. And mm-hmm. then um, a lot of apps um, that they provide. Well, they're partnering with like the larger um, companies or vendors that mm-hmm. have other wellness type Offering so um, those things tend to work very well. Um, whether they're apps related to physical activity or mindset or better sleep and so forth, so those mm-hmm. things tend to be pretty popular and they do work. But again, we must not forget about the relationships in the workplace. You know, mm-hmm. it's great to have these things, but we just need to maintain healthy relationships in the workplace. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I had dinner with a friend the other night and she works for a very small nonprofit. I mean, there's four mm-hmm. people, four people in the office, including her. So, right. her and uh, I don't even remember how it came up, but uh, we were talking about maybe I mentioned meditation because I've been trying mm-hmm. to meditate myself every morning. Right. And she mentioned to me that her boss um, as of Jan- January 1st of this year brought in once a week, a woman who comes in and does a guided meditation for the four of them. Right. And I thought to myself, number one, I mean, I just love I just love that for the workplace, but also right. such a small company, like to your point, probably not a lot of resources, but really looking around in the community and finding a woman who who probably is going to get paid the same, whether she does the session for one or, or four people. Right. Um, and just giving them an hour. And my right. friend said it's been fantastic. So right. I think like there are, there are options, even when you don't have a lot of resources and it doesn't be five programs. I mean, this one could precipitate a lot of wellness in that space. Right. Right. Yeah. And even things like walking clubs, some, you know, even with smaller companies having those days where you just walk during lunchtime, I've seen those be successful in the workplace as well, because as I mentioned, more a lot of women tend to be drawn to that because with uh-huh. women, um, as we mentioned before, physical activity, they tend to, at least from the study, have more of a challenge. So that's one way to get their um, fitness in during the day. Yeah, I loved I love that. Uh, we we did at one of my organizations, we really made an effort in the in the space of walking. We had walking right. desks. We had a meeting room where we set up tread desks that faced each other so you could have a walking meeting indoors. But one thing um, to your point it, that I used to I would I would have to remind myself, but I would encourage others to do as well is just if you have a meeting with one or two people, have a walking meeting if it's a nice day, right? Right. That oxygen flowing. I know my staff used to hate it because I would I would come back in from any walk and be like, I have all these ideas, you know. Right. <laughs> uh so but 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 again, yes, it's you know, not there's no cost to it. And it's right. just being mindful of it and right. um, fixing things up a little bit. Right, right. And I think smaller companies need to take that into consideration too. Even if it's five employees or 10 employees, you know, what can you do for your um, employees? Right. Right. And I always say, encourage again, like the community go out. um, Businesses want to come in. They they probably want business, even if you're a small organization, if they're a small company uh, coming in and giving a, a brief talk on their services. Right. Sure, it's right. not too salesy, but you know, right. uh, those, those things always help too. Um, great, great information. Um, so 
Some quick thoughts. Um, I love the topic, as I said at the, at the top of the episode, some really great information. So I just always like to ask my guests for two quick closing thoughts um, related to, to our talk. So I will I will ask you that now, Katina, two, two closing thoughts. Um, well, the first one is really having employers think about um, the future in terms of succession planning. I've just seen where companies are not doing this very well. And we have a lot of baby boomers leaving the workforce now. Mm-hmm. And so now the question has been, do we have enough resources? You know, will we have enough people to do the jobs? You know, are we going to continue to have the nine to five jobs? Are we going to continue to have the eight to five jobs and so forth? So um, I definitely think companies need to really think about the future and how it's going to look. Are we going to have more contractors versus full-time employees? You know, people are looking for more flexibility. They want to spend time with their families. So how is that workforce of the future going to look? So those are just really my thoughts because I just have a feeling it's going to change and some, you know, companies aren't going to be prepared, you know. Yeah, and and it's better to be proactive about it. hundred percent. Right. I totally agree with you because I do, I do see when people leave unexpectedly or even expectedly if they retire, that stress and pressure that then goes down. You know, until someone right. else is hired or you know that that is a huge source of um, I would say lack of wellness over right. time. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I and I can't. I kind of am excited for the workplace of the future because I do agree it's still changing and we'll see. Right. We'll see what happens because um, COVID really threw everyone for a loop. But I, I think it might be the silver lining of COVID that it, right. that it changes some long held kind of like who said it has to be nine to five. I think I think it might right. have been, might have been <laughs> five, but I but, but you know, in general. Um, well, listen, I, uh, again, thank you so much, Katina. I want to tell uh, listeners um, where they can get in touch with you and ultimately um, get a copy of your book. So um, your website is www.happinessinyoucoach, all one word, happinessinyoucoach.com. And then specifically with you, Katina, uh, it's K Smith. Okay, yeah. for Katina Smith at happinessinyoucoach.com. Um, you can get a free copy of your workplace wellness checklist and solutions. Um, and just put su- uh, in the subject line, I think when they're requesting that checklist. Yes. And then your book, which is so exciting. Yes. Uh, six <laughs> workplaces, what employers are missing when it comes to workplace wellness, which yeah. that gets right to the point, Katina. I love that title. Um right. <laughs> That's going to be available is that in a couple of weeks through your yes, website? it should be just a few weeks. So you can just check my website on the actual um, date it will be available. So and how to get it as well. So well, I'll be getting my copy. Hopefully, uh, please let me know when that's out. Uh, congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for, for being a guest today, Katina. And, and that is all for the True HR podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.